comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking The Judge. I object. Sustained. Oh, okay. I was going to request a continuance. But... Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, aloha! Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, dive into a mostly spoiler-free movie review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 167. 167. Three away from 170. That's true. Not false. Yes, arithmetic. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Sesame Street, yay! Um... (laughs) And today, 4167, we're talking about the film The Judge, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. And joining us, we have a first we have a new first time guest, Abe. I'm so excited. Yay! I feel I feel like Abe would ex- share that excitement. Apparently not. I, w- I was quite a, I, I thought you were gonna go right into the name of it, and I was gonna be like, boop, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, fireworks. <laughs> That, those are the sounds I make. You're in that order too. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I do. Anyway. It's shooting into the sky and then it explodes. <laughs> yeah, we have a new guest uh, from MovieViral.com and GeeksOfDoom.com. Dishonoring courtrooms everywhere. It's Michael Lee. Hello, guys. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. Great. I just with that great opening, man. <laughs> <laughs> pew. <laughs> It's just a dud, basically, like, oh, great. <laughs> We're not talking about the judge yet. Um, anyway, anyway, let's move on. Um, but yeah, good to have you. Always always fun to have new guests on this show. That's what I always say. And uh, because it's true. That's why. I say that, too. Yeah. You just, oh. you just don't, because the fireworks are so loud. Yeah, that's that's why. Exactly. Yeah, three-man crew this week, keeping it light, because, you know, sometimes you just have to speed things up, like trials. But um, let's uh, let's let's, uh, let's get into some uh, let's get into some show notes here before we get into the main swing of things. Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out our show, helps other people find our show. We got a couple new ones recently, and we're quite happy about those. And uh, yeah, if you log on iTunes, you maybe add a simple sentence or so, or maybe a star rating on I- out now with Aaron and Abe. It's very very helpful for everybody involved, and just you know, fun to do and not time consuming. I would say. But uh, there you go. Okay. All right. Uh, what else? A uh, new commentary coming soon. I teased this last week, and I'll tease it again. Maybe this week we'll get to actually record it, um, but it should be a good one. Uh, we do a new commentary every month, and we're always having fun doing them, and we certainly know how to pack them with info, so be prepared be for... one of the, the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. No, because as last week I said, we're not doing a scary movie despite it being October, but we are doing a film in the Carpenter realm. Ah, okay. To tease it out. Well, that Carpenter guy. Yeah. Knows uh, how to make a couch. Speaking of October horror and Carpenter, though, we do have our bonus horror episodes that we've been recording. Myself, friend of the show, Brandon Peters, Jimmy O from Joe Blow, and Jason Coleman from Star Pulse. We've been doing, we've been covering various decades of horror over the next, over the course of the month, and we just released our second one, which covers the 50s and 60s. Um, and then this Friday, we'll have an episode devoted entirely to 70s horror, so that should be a lot of fun. And yeah, every Friday, there is a new bonus horror episode coming out everywhere on iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere you can find our show. 
And uh, yeah, there, with that, there is a contest, which I announced last week here, as well as on that show as well. Um, if you email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com or just send us a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, let us know, like, if you list out, like, the decades, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and what your favorite horror film for each of those decades. If you send us that, a list of that, um, you'll be in a raffle. And I have a whole bunch of horror Blu-rays that I will send to the winner of that raffle. And it's a very—it's not—it's not like our raffles are, you know, making in you know 50 people or more. So it's pretty easy to win this contest, I would say. By by the end of this month, we'll get a few, I'm sure, and one one of those people will probably win, or I can split it up. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on how many people enter, because I do have a—it's quite a stack of Blu-rays here. I know I got it. I'm looking over at it right now. It's fine. You're gonna get a high five from Abe. Yeah, well, I put those. Yeah, I put that in the yeah. in the letter that I write, the handwritten notes that I write, which is really the best part of the package I send you. It actually handwritten is handwritten. That I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the card and everything. Yeah. All right, but yeah, contest going on now. All right, so let's move in now. Let's get out of that. Let's get into this. Let's go to a little know everybody. Where each week, Abe and I ask questions out to the panel and try to set the tone for the podcast. And better get to know, know everybody. everybody. That was pretty good. Yeah, good this week it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Why don't you start? Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, both of you guys, Michael and Aaron, if you guys went back to your hometown, which Aaron, you know, just pretend like you're not in your hometown. Okay. <laughs> would you go to your room and be like, oh, there's all this stuff here? Or would you just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go sleep in another room? No, I'd be all about my room. But there's so much stuff in there. Well, I mean, if that's a, yeah, because my room is awesome. No, I, I get what you're referencing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get what you're referencing, but no, I just. I'm pretty I, sure I, that I'd there are like I'd move that stuff out. <laughs> you would okay. If there was stuff, take... if there was stuff in the way, I, no, I no, would... no, there's, there's like your parents have just thrown. It's just like a junk room now. Yeah, if there was stuff in the way, I'd move that stuff out. I wouldn't like perhaps sleep on like the chair and not try at all. Like some people, there are four other rooms in the house. Yeah, but <laughs> he has my, two other brothers. But it's my room. And yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, my room's basically the one with all the junk, basically, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all all my posters, Mondo posters that I collected. Mondo. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, you collect a lot of Mondo posters, yeah. So I guess you, your room has what to be... Would you, what would you do, Abe? I'd be practical. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm only staying here for three days. Uh, my room has n- all this stuff in it. I'm, I will go find another room. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then if my, if my you know, if I had to go to trial and I had to stay longer, then I would probably think about moving some stuff out, just because it's a giant mess. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's my question. Uh, who could play a good judge in a movie? Like, what actor would you want to see, like, play a judge character? What kind of a judge character? An angry judge character? It doesn't matter. I'm just like, what's an act? Who's an actor that you think would be judgely and would play one in a movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's the guy's name? It could be He's a fun Tombstone. judge. It could be a so what? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah. I like how there's so many people in Tombstone. I say, I just narrow it down to one guess. <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> Kurt Russell could be a good judge, too, but Sam Elliott, he's got that gravitas about <laughs> uh, Screw you, too. You're guilty, judge. <laughs> Kurt Russell. And hell's Russell. coming with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guilty. You'd literally be fire and brimstone. <laughs> I think yeah, J.K. Simmons would be a good judge. J.K. Simmons would be an excellent judge. Has he been a judge? That makes me wonder. Mm, I mean, he, he did judge Peter Parker's photos. I w- yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't there be surprised if he has played a judge, but yeah, I can't think of him as a judge. Or, yeah, I mean, like Judge Reinhold. Ju- I mock trial with Judge Reinhold. <laughs> my name is Judge. <laughs> Just finally make that show come to life. Okay, so I guess that's my question. If you have one, I guess. Yeah, if you have one. Generally, it's just Abe and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it if you want. Who's the one person you wouldn't expect to see at a breakfast? 
Who's the one person who wouldn't expect to see it at breakfast? Let's see. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Like if I walked like, downstairs and was like, oh my god, you! Yeah, you! Uh, walk, walk in a diner or whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let me think. I'd say Aaron. You'd say me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, the, like you what are you up, doing up, up here? I was, just, I was just there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing in Northern California? <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> That'd be really spooky if Aaron did show up, though. Like, I'm going to go with that answer, too. Abe. Yeah, like, <laughs> Abe, just, like, unannounced, just, like, what is Abe doing in my house? I go, he's finished this podcast, and I walk downstairs, and, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in your house. The call is coming from inside your house, in the basement. <laughs> I like that. All right. Good. That was a good question. All right. I like you taking the initiative on that one. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Yes. We, we used to do the show where the guests went, where I'd ask the guests to prepare questions in advance, and that was always the one thing they forgot to do, <clears throat> despite always being on the show quite frequently, like, say, Scott Mendelson or Marco, <laughs> for example. Oh. <laughs> and then we were just like, hey, by the way, you know, just be on the show and talk about the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> or the, and the trailer. And the trailer. I give 100% oh. on these things, guys. Come on. There you go, man. You're already, you're already ensuring your return visit to the show. One. But <laughs> it depends on the game. Yeah, the game. the game. The game is sure is what's good to decide. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, the game. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Well. Or to say, you know, duh game with the D. No, we say the game. Mm. This, this is a professional podcast, Dave. Oh, okay. Sorry. We're, not, we're not eating buddies of your. We're not eating buddies of your breakfast. We're not eating breakfast. Of your we're, buddies. What's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's what's a buddy breakfast? You never had one of those. J.K. Simmons buddy breakfasts. They're great. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. He's just him, he's doing a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's holding the biscuit. Do you want one? J.K. <laughs> J.K. Simmons buddy breakfast. And then he's going to sell us State Farm Insurance. Yeah. <laughs> J- J- right. J.K. Simmons, just do the yellow M&M for those commercials. That's Wait, J- the yellow M&M? That's J.K. Simmons? Yeah. The really, like, uh, this is an That was See, see you can do it already. You're already good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's J.K. Simmons. Yeah, that's J.K. Simmons. I didn't know that was J.K. Simmons. Well, get, get on him for doing a voice. <laughs> so that was no everybody. Oh no, everybody! <laughs> I was like the judge. Great timing. Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's move on now. Let's get down to hoogies. Yeah. Each weekend out now we have one main movie of the week that we talk about that we have other tech movies that we see the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Kind of troll out there, but I'm gonna, you know what? You're Chill so out. good at it that we're just gonna we're just gonna pretend like it was all there. Some you want? Some would say I could, you know, easily insert that one from last week and put it in. I, here. I would agree, or any other week. But definitely not gonna do that. I'm just gonna leave the really trailed off <laughs> version. Because <laughs> it's real and it takes time. All right, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Pass. Just not watch. <laughs> you didn't watch anything at all. I didn't watch anything else at all. There's nothing else that you've seen this week at all. Uh, besides college football, no. Okay. <laughs> oh well, I guess I'll, that's me. Yeah. Then. Uh, I saw Dracula Untold and Whiplash. And Whiplash. And Whiplash. Well, why don't you talk about Dracula Untold? Blah. Blah. Well, that's where's mostly leading towards blah. I mean, well, <laughs> they had it had those actiony moments but it's all bluster and they try to twist it i guess by making it more of a historical piece quote-unquote historical piece but uh yeah it was just it just wasn't working it was just more style over substance to me and even saying that is just putting it lightly i guess yeah i've been i've been saying this about it they got the poster right that's my uh, that's my basic reaction to the movie. <laughs> they got the poster. They got the, the poster. poster is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. They have a lot of. Are you talking about the one with like it's it's uh... any of them? All the posters okay, are pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I was movie. gonna say like all the posters actually. Any of the posters. Yeah. But yeah, no, the movie is not good. Um, it's like a, it's it's less of a historic. It's more of like a superhero movie that just happens to be like set in a period. 
It's just it's some a very boring superhero, which is a shame because Dracula is an inherently interesting character, except when you strip everything away from him except the fact that he broods and has like a special power, which in this yeah. case is to turn into oh. bats. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what's his special power? Like ground pound? What do you think it was, Abe? He's Dracula. He has an assortment of special powers. Yeah, there was a ground pound <laughs> moment though. Yeah, he does have it. Yeah, he has this he has this Thor ground pound moment. <laughs> And there was history, though, there a little bit, like, uh, well, oh, this yeah. is Blathy Impaler, 1940-something. Uh, 1940-something? Like, okay. Yeah, 1940s Blathy Yeah, 1940s. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's walking around, he's wearing a trench coat and a bowler cap. It's yeah. great. <laughs> no, it's like, like, like Blathy see? It's me, Dracula, see? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 1462, it's like, okay. Yeah, so, no, like, they barely it, brushed it, over that. It continues to make me excited for the Blathy Impaler movie that may someday come out, but... There's like there's that like five minute opening segment in Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula where it has like the kind of the the purposely done like practical effects to show the Vela the Impaler backstory. That that five minute segment's better than all of Dracula Untold. <laughs> it's just it's like why do I need to watch all of this? I like Luke Evans too. Like I'm a Luke oh. Evans fan, but just, I do like oh, Luke Evans. He wasn't, too. wasn't good in the movie. He's not bad in the movie. It's just he's not he's got he's not interesting. He's got nothing to do except you know be this brooding guy. It's like hey. Don't hurt my family. Let me turn to bats now. Charles Dance is fun, although he should dance more. <laughs> Don't yeah. hurt my family. Let me turn to bats now. That logic just seems ridiculous. If they were right there, they're going to be beheaded right in front of him. It's like, let me turn to bats now. It's funny, though, because we could have talked about Dracula Untold, but we didn't. And it's just like nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> End of podcast. Let's see. I can talk about another movie that I saw. Uh, St. Vincent. Ah. This was the, oh. uh, the film with Bill Murray. And uh, Melissa McCarthy, and um, uh, Naomi Watts, and even Terrence Howard for some reason. But Terrence his, Howard. His role is really unnecessary. Oh, okay. Um, actually, remember? Did you ever see Delivery Man last year, Abe? I no, I didn't. Did you see is the original you, version? Is he the title character? No, but yeah, he's Saint Vincent. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Oh no, 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 no! I mean, he was a Delivery Man. No, yeah. no, but he played. He played Terrence Howard's role. This has nothing to do with most of the movie, but he's like, but he's like the he's a loan shark guy collecting debts in Bill Murray. Okay. Like he's a big gambler. Sounds like sounds like a pimp grew up. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but he like he's this kind of he's the head of this this mob subplot that I just don't need in these movies where it's like the guy has debts and like the mob comes in. It's like Wait, what movie was this? It's Saint Vincent. But in delivery, <laughs> oh, oh, and it, it, but in delivery man, there's the same thing where Vince Vaughn like owes money, and there's so there's like this mob subplot. It's like, why is this a thing? Like, why is this like, like a weird yeah. thing to happen? In, like, this movie's dealing with like this guy who has all these kids, or Saint Vincent deals with this guy who is inadvertently become the mentor to a kid. But for some reason, we have to have some mob subplot to like make the plot move for some. Like, there's no other creative. I, I did not see that coming at all in the trailer. There's no other creative way to like get the plot to move a certain direction bit, except for having a mob subplot. And I see it in other movies too, which is just like, why is that a thing? That well, is actually another mob guy in uh, that that uh, Colin Farrell movie. Which one? With the um, original girl, the dragon tattoo. I forget the name of the movie. Oh, the uh, Dead Man Down. Dead Man Down, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that Dead movie's Man about Down. the mob. Like, I expect a mob plot in a movie about the mob. But St. Vincent, I was thinking, yeah, it's just like this sweet kid and Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, it's just these kind of like, yeah, these art house films where like you have the lead star. The hell, there's like, the mob in there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's a trope that I don't really like. But you're pushing way past this. Um, regardless, some tropes aside and weird cliches aside, like the movie's fine. Like it's fun. Like Bill Murray is really good in it. It has these... Elements of drama that work well. Was McCarthy doing well? Was McCarthy's good in it? Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, she. She's not. It's not reliant on her to be like 
outlandish Melissa McCarthy character. It's just more of her being single mother trying to raise a kid, and she's good. Like, and it's not surprising to me. Like, I see elements. Yeah, of I that. know. I, I think she's a really good actress. I think. Yeah. Ends on the role. But uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's it's worth a see. I'd say just just for just Is it? Uh, okay. just for that Bill Murray. They fall in love at the end, right? For, no. Um. For that. For that <laughs> No, that's what Naomi Watts is for. Who goes ah. all out in this movie, by the way? She plays like this stripper who's pregnant, and um, it's uh, the the way they kind of do her. She's like a Russian immigrant who's like uh, who's like gone to El- who's in the long. The movie takes place in Long Island. He's in Long Island, and she's like a stripper, and she's pregnant, and it's like she's wow. She's like Mila Jovovich, and he got gay then. A little bit, um, not pregnant. Um, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, yeah. For being, for having playing like the most broad, the broadest of the characters in terms of like having a crazy accent and having a pregnant belly and being a stripper, she gets a lot of good laughs in there. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, there's that. All right, Saint Vincent. Oh, you know, also add just because I I don't want to add too much time to this, but Alexander and the terrible, horrible, very no good, bad, whatever, all that. It's fine. It's a fine, harmless family film. Like if <laughs> yeah. you, if I got a family, you want to go see it? Go see it. It's fine. It's no mobs in that, right? No mob, no mob subplots in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. No it's actually played by Terrence Howard again. <laughs> the same mobster, too. That's how you spend money on that volcano project. Where's my money? That's your Terrence Howard? Hey, man. That's, that's the best I can do. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Let's move on now. Let's get a trailer talk. Oh, that was on Apple by the way. Tim? Okay. Uh, let's get to trailer talk. We can talk about one of the newest movie trailers that came out, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, and what have you. This week, we're talking about American Sniper. This is the new film from director Clint Eastwood, who decided to follow up the disaster that was Jersey Boys with a better Boys. film that looks, you know, somewhat better. Um, this one stars Bradley Cooper as, who's apparently the most deadly U.S. sniper of ever. All time, yeah. All time. All time, man. He has the record. The film apparently also stars Sienna Miller. I mentioned that because the trailer wants to go out of its way to tell me that Sienna Miller's in this movie, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, She's a good actress when she has... I guess, I just, like, I haven't yeah. seen her in a while. Or at least not in like this sort of prominence. I would agree that I haven't seen her in a, in a while. In this, in the in this kind of prominence, so it's like, well, that's interesting. They really want to highlight the fact that she's in it. So I guess it's, you know, it's a two-hander. <laughs> they were Bradley yeah. Cooper, bearded Bradley Cooper. Um, Weighty bit Bradley Cooper. With all that in mind, uh, Abe, what did you think of the trailer for American Sniper? Uh, I thought that the trailer was amazing. It's just like a scene from the film, um, and I thought that it was uh, incredibly tense. But at the same time, I do want to say that I, I want to caution myself. And keep my expectations a little bit tempered, primarily because of Jersey Boys this, week, this past year. And I know Clint Eastwood, he he kind of is hit and miss sometimes, too. So um, this is a particular scene, and I don't want it to say that, oh, the rest of the movie is going to be this good and whatever else. So uh, I'm excited for it, and I'm, I'm you know, it, it does both. It looks like it's going to be very, very good. Um, but, again, I, I want to make sure that I don't go in with such high expectations. Michael? Uh, I would have to agree. I mean, like uh, like you said, it's just one whole scene. So just to rely on that and, and judge the whole movie after that, it's just so hard. So um, I'm going to keep it, you know, my expectations low, but it looks pretty good. So after all the his, you know, his streak of bad movies so far, uh, looks like Clint Eastwood's coming back. So we'll see. I definitely, I mean, it's in his wheelhouse. I think that's something we can agree on. Agree. Like, it, it's yeah. like it, yeah. I mean, Jersey Boys was like a, like, you know, I'm gonna do a musical. Like it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> a star is born, so he got to wish to that. Yeah. So, it, I mean, this American Sniper. It feels like a movie that Clint Eastwood would be directing, um, and I can't say that about the last several Clint Eastwood. Movies. Like you look at Jersey Boys, obviously it's like oh, musical. Okay. 
And you look at Jay Edgar, Jedgar, which is Jed, awful. Jed. Um, but Who wants like, a buddy? And it, it just, it's like such a, sta- it, it's just standard biopic, but with Clint Eastwood's like, let's make it like really tinted gray look on top of it. Hereafter is like his, hereafter was his like, his, uh, his psychic drama, which I kind of liked, but I don't love that movie at all. And, it's, and then you have Invictus, his, uh. Is a yeah, is Mandela like it's whatever like but like you're never gonna watch that movie again like, yeah <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good for what it was and then there's the weird world where everyone seemed to love Gran Torino and I find it inexplicable I, I agree <laughs> yeah, like, that movie Changeling I actually like quite a bit but even then it's like I'm not gonna watch it again and then you have like Letters of you and Flags of Our Father. Which, which are, I've heard were both very good. They're fine, like they're yeah, and, but they're certainly more in East. Like those movies seem like movies Eastwood would make. As yeah, I know. To, like that's, these that's last like I six that I just mentioned. Like, House. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, kind of like a more of like a military type movie. Yeah. Even though he does a lot of other genres. Wait, but, yeah, he's gone all. He's he's done every type of movie yeah, at this point. Musical, like, right? He's certainly he's, he's a very di- he's a very uh, eclectic director. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, British in Madison County. Um, but <laughs> I forgot about that. Space Cowboys. Uh, he made. He, did, he directed Space Cowboys. Of course, yes. Yeah, wow. he did. Everything he's wow. in, he's directed. Like, there's only like two movies in the last uh, like 30 years that he has. It's like directed well, that he like also him, started. Him and the orangutan. No, that well, that's older than that. Oh. Uh, and he would, and there's two of those. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> because he was that devoted to it. No, uh, what's it? Uh, the uh, Trouble with the Curve with him and. Timberlake that was a baseball movie. Baseball. And then uh, In the Line of Fire uh, with him and uh, Malkovich, where he's the Secret Service agent. That was like the last, those two movies are like the last ones he's starred in without directing the movie. Gotcha. Wow. Hmm. Clint. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, yeah, he has like 35 plus movies he's directed at this point. Like, he's certainly as much a director as he is an actor. So. But with all that said, uh, yeah, I, I like this trailer a lot. I think it's a terrific trailer. I think this does everything it needs to do to sell a movie for you, uh, for anybody, really. I mean, it, it's tense. It gives you glimpses of everything else is going on in terms of, like, who this guy is and, like, what he's going, what's going on with him. And, yeah, it just – it's it's a very effective trailer. And because it's, you know, fits more with Eastwood's style or, you know, what I, I'd be happy to see Eastwood doing as a director, I, I, am, I am already intrigued by that, so. But even Jersey Boys, I was curious just because he was directing a musical. Like, I wanted to see that movie. I know, like, I wanted what to see is, the, what, And also, yeah. they, you know, they had the musical numbers, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty catchy. Yeah, it's just, let's go see it. And then we saw the movie, and I was like, it's like that had, it had no life in it, because yeah. that's not, it's just not Eastwood's thing. <laughs> like, but, yeah, exactly. I was like, no, that's how you got a trailer, guys. Yeah. But, yeah, the movie itself, meh. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to American Sniper. I want to be on the optimistic side. And with that said, it comes out... Uh, I believe in limited release in, uh, on uh, Christmas on uh, uh, <laughs> December 25th. Uh, wow. Then kind of spreads wider in January for, you know, so like Oscar consideration, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. So that was trailer talk. Let's move trailer. on now. Let's get to our, thank you. Let's get on to our main, <laughs> our main film review for The Judge. You're standing in one of the last great cathedrals in this country built on the premise that you and you alone are responsible for the consequences of your actions. You have anything else to say for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it's not an affirmation. Yeah, it's not an affirmation a man uses in court. Henry? Judge? Yeah, the way he shakes my hand while he's hugging everyone else. I have memories of us. 
you, me, then I don't. How come? That should have been some of the trailer for The Judge. So this is the film that stars Robert Downey Jr. as a big city lawyer who goes back to his hometown for the funeral of his mother. There he meets with his estranged father, the judge, played by Robert Duvall, the town judge, of course. An accident happens, and now Duvall is looking at serious jail time for hitting somebody with his car. But uh, maybe father and son can put aside their differences in order to get past this legal issue. Drama ensues. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> oh, Michael, yeah. Michael, what do you think of the judge? Uh, put it light, uh, lightly again, I guess, cliched, uh, something we've seen before, and just... Relatively nothing new, except if you're interested in father, just the father and son aspect of the dynamics. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun to watch, sure. But as for everything else, uh, not so much. I'm not so much interested in that, so. All right. Abe? Uh, The Judge certainly is a movie that is... Certainly is a movie. You're right. Yeah, (laughs) I do agree that it certainly is a movie, period. For the most part, it's a movie that centers around this father-son relationship, but the problem is they throw so many elements into it as well, and they so throw so many characters into it that you just don't really care about some of the aspects, and that shouldn't be the the takeaway that we get because the acting in this I think is really strong, uh, especially from the two moments or the moments between just Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall when they're arguing and whatever else. Those are really good moments, and even Vincent D'Onofrio, I miss that guy. Like that guy is a really good dramatic actor. But the problem is they throw in stuff like old girlfriends. They throw in stuff like old girlfriend's daughter. <laughs> old girlfriend's daughter for whatever how reason. I, how can I make out with both of them? They they also throw in stuff like uh, flashback movie sequences. They throw in stuff like old mom sequences. Like what? Why does this matter? And they, they also have this huge problem that they talk about. They 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 avoid talking about through the entire movie which is what happened between the father and the son. And they finally get to it in the last 10 minutes of the movie, and that part is just like, oh, well, shit. I mean, like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life because they talk about all this drama. They never address any of it. There's too many moments of levity when there should be none. And I don't know, like, the problem with the movie is it's just totally all over the place. Um, The characters, there's too many of them. There's also Billy Bob Thornton, who comes off as like a, a really mean guy, but when you hear the reason why he's he chooses the case, it's a valid reason. Well, he doesn't come off as mean. The movie comes off as mean towards him because he pulls out like a retractable water cup and makes yeah, it sound like a true. sword being drawn. Like right. yeah. they, like, but then the... but then they have like this moment where they talk about that why he's doing it. And it's, again it's a valid reason why he's doing it. He just has seen too many things Robert Downey Jr.'s character has done and he's he's tired of it. At the end of the movie he becomes like this, you know, nice guy. But anyway, the movie itself, it's really all over the place. I did like the acting in it. Cinematography was just really off too. There were really oh, beautiful we'll, moments, but we'll then there was also like we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll have to get to that later. I mean. Anyway, that's my quick synopsis. Aaron. So we we could have talked about Dracula Untold. We could have. We could have. We could We could talk about this movie as we were kind of deciding for last week. And honestly, walking away from everything that came out. We we probably just should have just talked about Gone Girl again this week because this movie is this movie's <laughs> terrible. Like no, I think I think this movie provides a lot for us to talk about. I guess, but th- this movie's terrible. Um, that's where I'm at at this point. Like I was happy to saying, you know, it's not good. Like Robert Downey right. Jr. I'm glad that he had like a passion project. He helped produce. He and his he wife has. It, right. He and his yeah. wife have a new production company, and this is like the first like release of that. And I'm glad that he's you know right really trying to champion it. But he should. 
he should know better. Like, like it feels like this. The script for this movie feels like a movie he would make fun of in a in one of his other roles. Because like you've seen him play this kind of character before. Yeah. But like it, this movie's the kind that like forces him to dial it back so he can go back to his hometown and get and, and feel feel good about being a human again and not just a big city lawyer and you know rekindle that old romance and. Do the, and just do every kind of cliche thing you have when you're like when you have these kind of movies where you're where you're supposed to like re- reignite the, the the things that you you know grew up with like you know yeah, get your, back with your, your brothers values. get back with your family get back yeah that core that core values exactly uh, mixed with like this this legal case that's just really uninteresting it's there's nothing out of the ordinary about this court case that exceeds any other kind of courtroom drama you've ever seen before I think the performances. They're fine because the, that's what you get when you have you know A-list actors like Downey right. Jr., Duvall, Farmiga, Billy Bob Thornton, Vincent. Like they're they're all they're n- none of them are doing bad stuff here. It's just who cares? Like I, you you mentioned like Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall having like great scenes together. Those scenes will be better. They're good as they are, I guess, just because these two are really committing to those roles. But they'd be better if they weren't like just so overly directed. There's the scene where like there's a where they're like arguing at each other, and it could just be them arguing, but instead. To make sure you hammer home the the symbolism and the emotions that are supposed to be felt by the audience, it's during a giant windstorm. Right. And it's like, yeah. what's happening? Thanks for the symbolism. Or you I have, get it. Or you have like, yeah, you have them like driving around in a car and they stop, and then both men are walking away from each other, and you have a giant framing of that shot to make sure you see the diff, the separation between them. It's just <laughs> the so distance o- between the two. It's like, so yeah. overly directed. David Dobkin, who directed this movie. Who's mainly done comedy? Like the Change Up and Wedding Crashers, and one of Scott Mendelson's favorite movies of all time, Shanghai Nights. Not a joke. I mean, he like he he directs this movie as like the most heavy-handed drama you could imagine. And it's like, was that like in the script, or like was was Danny Jr. just saying bigger guys, or like what? I don't know what it was, but this. I mean, movie... there's more money at it. Exactly, and that money led to a two-hour and twenty-minute movie for a movie that could have been, you know, a tight like a hundred right. minutes. Maybe that's my problem too. Like and the word tight. Like, it's, yeah, it's just not, not a tight movie. Not it that. goes all over the place. <laughs> no, yeah, Why do you have just... to have this scene of him picking out his bicycle, wearing an old Metallica shirt, drive, or riding through town? There's no need for that because that's not what the movie is centered around. It should be centered around this drama between the father and son and the courtroom case. But instead, it's like, oh, let me go explore everything. Well, even if it is still that, every scene in this movie, there could be like one minute devoted to, there's three minutes devoted to. So it's just like longer because they wanted it to be more directed and more acted and more like just more of more. You can't just see the judge shake his hand while he hugs everyone else. You have to see Robert Downey Jr. explain that he did that. Like, we get it. Like, every time we get it. From his brothers. You can't sympathize with the character without making it overly long. You just have to be like, oh, this is it. And make it longer and longer and longer. Say, okay, now we sympathize with the character sort of thing. And then you you get the right, and I mentioned this, you get the running joke where, like, like, did he commit incest? Like, what happened here? We're like, yeah, that that topic is really, it's. I think it just really makes a film uh, a giant comedy at that point. It, but it, and it's a week a, it's a week after where we get Gone Girl, where we have like several female characters that are all very different from each other, doing all kinds of things. And then you get this movie where you have one, you have both fe- both the main female characters are ones that made out with Robert Downey Jr. and they have <laughs> related to each other. Like, right. What's the what's happening? <laughs> like, and then they have like they have a really spooky scene where his daughter does something with her hair, and it's like. This is disgusting. Exactly. This movie it's like, is, what is this, this movie? Is really the film? Gross. Like, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. It's like, why did they do that? Because now, basically, this movie is 
a giant cesspool of disgust. Also, Robert Downey Jr. is supposed to be like he, like there's this like the best lawyer. He does he can do anything. He doesn't do much lawyering in this movie. Like you don't really see him be the best lawyer. Like when does he do? Much? I mean, he throws some notepads over at Dax Shepard. He throws a notepad because he he does he, because he wants him to object. Which he wants I him to say the too. word object because you've never seen the lawyer do that before. And then yeah, he's no, able to, he's able to like dictate he's lawyering in that scene. That's not a lawyer. He's not even a lawyer. Like he's just like he's just writing things down and getting angry. And then yes. like the end of this, the climax of this movie. The, it relies on him just being emotional. Like, let me get teary-eyed, and that's why... Is that, like, his lawyer tactic for every case he's ever worked? Because that's not really <laughs> so, evidence of him being the best lawyer. <laughs> so that was my problem with the end of the movie, which is, or that ending courtroom scene, which is, why did the judge allow all this, you know, in-between between the father and oh son? Oh, my God, yeah. There's so like, the judge should say, object, this is not the people's court, this is a court in the United States of America, take your drama somewhere else. Well, if you look at any courtroom drama, like, ones like this especially where, if you've ever been in a courtroom... They're brightly lit, and this is the kind of movie where it's just super dark inside. Dark, yeah. They yeah, really they, create they that cinematic they atmosphere. They want to bring that tone, man. <laughs> they want to bring the tone of, of being serious. I know. But you, and it's funny, you look at, like, comedy courtroom dramas, and they're all well lit, and you look at dramas, and they're just really <laughs> darkly lit. Like, yeah. it's, you can really tell the tone it's of a movie. There's sunlight coming out through the windows. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about acclaimed cinematographer and Academy Award winner Janusz Kaminski, Spielberg's guy who did the cinematography for the movie, and how the movie manages to look ugly and pretty at the same time, because that's what he so, accomplished. My problem with the cinematography is that you get these, you do get hints of really beautiful cinematography, and then it switches into something that is um, overly stylized, overly done, and I didn't understand it. There's the parts that I'm talking about, so there's some nice wide shots. But then there's parts where Robert Duvall is right behind a giant beam of light, and he's in his home office, and he's talking to Robert Downey Jr. It's like, why do you have this shot? It's it's very jarring. It, it doesn't really – like, sure, I get it. It's supposed to show that Robert Downey – or, I'm sorry, Robert Duvall is um, – you know, he has a high stature. But at the same time, it's just – it doesn't make any sense. And sometimes the, the close-ups are too close, and sometimes they're not close enough. And then it felt like somebody else did the cinematography. Like, two people did it. I didn't like that. My, my least favorite shot of this movie is one that like involves CG, which was about as terrible as that one scene in Wolverine in the X Men Origins Wolverine, where like Wolverine looks at his claws and somehow it looks like a, like a child drew of crayon the claws <laughs> because apparently we don't know how to get Wolverine's That's not claws how right. That happened. Five four movies in, we don't know how to get Wolverine's claws right with CG. But like in this movie, there's a shot of Robert Downey Jr. driving into town in his SUV, and it starts like from a close up on his face and pans out. And it's it's oh. so like it's so obviously CG yeah. where like the, you see all the farmland around him. It's completely like it feels like unrendered. It feels like this is like their first pass at it, and they didn't really I keep going. During the scene, it. I was thinking like, how did they do that? <laughs> By using CG because it looks so terrible. I was like, I was like that's, that's impossible. They couldn't they couldn't have used a crane, and maybe they just used two shots. They did use two shots, uh, just not seamlessly blended together. <laughs> Very unseamlessly yeah. blended together. Uh. Oh, it's just—it's just stuff like it's like why? Why are we going so big? That's my—that was my question throughout this movie. Every every scene's overacted. Every every directorial choice is overly done. The yeah. score is big and large because Thomas Newman's doing that for the, the movie. The score is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> and feel free to interject, Michael. I mean, the score is ridiculous because it is exactly what you would uh, notice in cheesy movies because it it swells at the dramatic parts. And it's like, why are you doing this? I understand that there's so much drama. I've seen an hour right. and 45 minutes of drama. I don't need to have the score also indicate to me that this is a dramatic scene. Uh, yeah, well, I, that's where I agree, too. It's, it's just everything has to be so overblown, I guess. And to tell the point that, that this is a drama, it's just 
you guys could tone it down and scale back a bit and just make it more calm and focus on like saying this is small town America sort of thing and small town America has to be pretty big I guess so it's just it, it's to me, it's just heavy-handed and oh yeah, oh my god, over the top. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point about the town too. They they showed the town so much, you never see any of the town. Like you never, yeah, right? Any you other don't towns. really know this town. Like, yeah. you, like I just thought about that right now when you said that. Like you, like Aaron, you get the sweeping shot right when he first enters, which are the cornfields. You see him wave at a few people. He's you there, see yeah, he's driving to town. It's the kind of town that has like a big banner on the top that right, says yeah. like the new harvest festival's coming yeah, exactly. or something like that. Like, One of the people he meets in the town, his ex girlfriend, his ex girlfriend's daughter, some guys that he and like a says, few guys like, that yeah. want to punch him in the face, and then the the defendant's family. That's it. That's you it. Don't see anybody else? And I was like, wow, that's a good point, Michael. You have this huge or this small town. But you don't meet any of it, despite the fact that Robert Downey Jr. goes around town, walks around. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. So there's too many characters, but not enough. Downey Jr. also a dick in this movie, by the way. Like, yeah, and he, and he I, plays I, that. He plays that well. Like he does that. He does that in a lot of movies. I mean, Tony Stark's yeah. a dick, but does he really learn anything at the end? Beyond like the and this is hardly a spoiler, but beyond the I got along with my father and like home is where the heart is. Like, does he? Does he? Does he learn anything? Like, it's not like he's moving back into town and becoming yeah. a defense attorney or I well, mean, a prosecutor. I mean, that 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 is left uncertain at the end. But I it's guess. like I don't feel like he did. I don't feel like he's about to turn around his entire lawyering career, <laughs> so he so he can like I would, I would agree with that so and he can I defend the good guy because yeah. like he's he's a lawyer that defends like the bad guys. That's what he's known yeah. for. He gets the bad well, guys like, off it, it, because they pay more. The, yeah, poor people can't afford him. That's one of the problems I had too, which is I don't think that I'm getting anything. There's no. There's kind of a personal arc, but there's no like, you know, huge character arc. Why? Because in the beginning, you have an unnecessary character, his wife, who he has problems with. That's not resolved, <laughs> even though the daughter brings up some questions of, are you guys going to get a divorce? Because I see you guys are packing. Well, clearly they're getting a divorce, but I mean, the thing with the daughter is not resolved at all. <laughs> it's just kind the of daughter part is not resolved, but also, why did you even have his wife show up? I thought already he was a single father. There's no need for that, and even that part is over dramatic because the the, uh, the sound fades out and you just hear some some arguing in the background. Oh yeah, and then it's like this is dumb. Like, and then he Robert Downey. I'm glad that he has an R-rated movie because he can swear to his heart's content, and he's really good at swearing on camera. Like fantastic. He emotes very well when he says the word F. You know, so it's like really good. But we. we I, we haven't talked about this family at all either. We haven't talked much about Vincent D'Onofrio or young simple brother, and it's called he's he's simple because you but don't want to offend just, anybody. So we just we just say simple in this movie. Uh, actor. Jeremy Strong is the actor's name who plays. I don't think Dick. I've seen him before. Probably he's probably popped up in things. I'm trying to I can't think of anything offhand, but he play he plays brother Dale. Um, he was in Lincoln. He's in Zero Dark he's Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, yeah he just popped up. He's in Robot things. and Frank. So. I love Robot and Frank. But yeah, he he plays like simple brother. Uh, but and it's the epitome of like cliche, like simple. Like he's he has his quirk is that he holds a a eight millimeter film camera at all times, and of course he show he doesn't show the film he doesn't show like film from his camera once, not twice, but three times in this movie. And of course, like the one film, the one important film is the one that has like every single major character involved, and everyone happens to be watching it at the same time. It's the pivotal moments where everything changed for everybody. <laughs> it's just like yeah, these things. yeah. I, I wondered, well. I do agree that his character is simple, but the family aspect. So I like the family aspect of it. I like the three brother dynamic. 
I like the father is he wants to be called Judge because all the brothers call him Judge. Um, but the problem is that after about you know like thirty minutes of the movie, they're gone from the movie, or maybe maybe a little bit longer because the movie's so long. But they're gone for like the, a pretty good chunk of it, and then they show up at the courtroom for, just for the drama parts. And I was thinking this would be a cool dynamic to have throughout the entire film of you know learning about these guys. And I liked Vincent D'Onofrio's character. Like you know he's a star baseball player accident. And then now he's at home and he's got a, you know, he feels as though there's like a huge burden on him because the brother went away kind of thing. Um, he's the older brother. It makes sense for him anyway to be the that one I get. The, my problem with Vincent D'Onofrio, because I like him in the, I like him in general. Like, I, think, I think he's a great actor and I think he should hair, be used yeah. more. And I think he's a great, he's great at doing little things and little touches in his roles that like make him kind of stand out, for, especially for people that are kind of looking for it. But he has, he needs an arc and there's no arc for him. It, it feels like it, he's a, he was a baseball player. The, the who movie had an act- thinks that it's an arc for him. That's a good point, actually. He was a, he was a yeah. baseball player who had an accident and has now lost the chance to be like a great thing. But the but they give him nothing to do with that. Like they, I agree. You think Ro- him and Robert Downey Jr. That's a very complicated relationship to have. But the movie does nothing to explore that. And but it's again, a shame. the movie thinks that it did something with him because at the end they hug it out. Oh yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> like, oh, I know. They, they don't say anything verbally. They just like they they have the I get you man look and they hug it out. And that's Vincent D'Onofrio's arc, and that is a that is like a terrible way to say I could have had a baseball career, but you got high <laughs> and ruined my life. So my t- my main takeaway <laughs> is that this movie should have been all about Dak Shepard's character, and then I'm done. <laughs> hey, I he love his that character. Bad. I like no, I think I liked what's, him. Was his character PJ or DJ? CP. J O oh, C P. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious one. one of the the obvious <laughs> one, right? No, I, I, I could have watched an entire movie about Dak Shepard's character. That would have been fun. I would have liked that. I mean, that like, he, sell, he sells a... He sells antiques during the day. He sells antiques on the side. And he lawyers at night. Like, that's a superhero. He throws up like <laughs> Chris, like, Chris uh, like Thor does in Rush. Oh, yeah. He throws, yeah there was a, Rush was that Rush debuted on HBO this weekend. I was all happy. I actually wanted to get it on Blu-ray, by the way. You should. It's a great Blu-ray. But yeah, I would have watched that movie just all about Dax being an inexperienced lawyer slash antique salesman. That seems like a fun movie. <laughs> That's an old. That's a small town guy for you. But yeah, I mean, like for the most part, this movie, uh, it, it's not very good. I think the audience that I went to go see it with, which is in the forties, fifties, maybe sixties. Oh, they applauded they, at the end. They right? liked it. Yeah, yeah they Did liked they it. They applauded at the end because they didn't applaud. No, they didn't applaud. Oh, mine. They, yeah, rip roaring applause at the end of mine. But there was a lot of like, you can hear a lot of sighing when they're on this fishing trip, and there was like a few moments where. Robert Duvall lays down like this life nugget, and people were agreeing with it. You could hear it, uh, and I was like, I guess they they enjoy the the actors, like you know Robert Duvall more than the movie. You know what I mean? So they're they're sign or they're what, what's what I'm looking for? They're basically liking this movie because of the actor in it, rather than they're sentimental towards what's going on there. I mean it. Yeah. It, well, because it, it, it's the it's the word it's the same as like Annabelle last week, where it's a movie. People but, clapped. No, but it, well, no, <laughs> but it's a it's a thing where I, it's the worst kind of drama in the same way Annabelle's the worst kind of horror movie where it's it knows what it's doing. It's very manipulative. Where Annabelle is like it goes for the cheap scares and it oh, and it okay. doesn't have like a, a downer ending so people can walk out thinking, man, that kind of scared me and I didn't feel bad at the end. So obviously, good movie. And this is the same kind of thing where it's like, man, those are some good actors and it had an uplifting message. So good movie where you just automatically applaud despite not really for. People that aren't us, that aren't like you know, reviewing, critiquing movies on a regular basis, that walk in just want to get some some wholesome fun, 
and don't really want to dig into it deeper. They're just like walking out like, you know what? That was a good time because I saw a father and son get back together and there's a case and yeah. Like, and so and, it's, yeah, all right. And it just, it, it bugs me to no end when you have, so when there, when there are other movies that are like, you know, more original and don't rely on these cliches and have other things to offer. It just, and this is just like the, or they just sit around like a singular, mess. maybe two storylines. You know what I mean? Like, the second storyline is so minor that it doesn't really matter, but, um, yeah, we'll get to it in the callbacks. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> the yeah. judge, the judge, every, like, like, and I'm glad this is the podcast that we do. And then I'll, I, cause I'll never have to talk about this movie again. But, um, <laughs> every time I like, every time it can, it, it's come up in my mind or I see a commercial for it, I just like it less. <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't like it to begin with, but it just, it gets worse yeah. in my mind. It just, I was actually high on this a little bit. I mean, it sure, changed, yeah. it changed from like this whole dramatic marketing thing, uh, the marketing changed from drama, drama to a uh, comedy sort of, if you notice. Yeah, it it, it shifted. It, oh, I it, didn't notice that. It, it shifted. For, it was more comedy than drama, I thought at first. Actually, I thought it was more like playing up the. I'm a big like, city lawyer. Look at me peeing on, look at me peeing on David Crumholtz because I'm hilarious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then it turned, and then like the trailer started to turn more to. I gotta help my father out. Wow, and then the storm scenes speeches. and everything. Yeah. yeah, speeches. Like, okay, speeches. <laughs> who did? Who decided to make this shift? And so it's like, okay, well, whatever. Well, I, and I, you know, I read about this actually because Robert Downey Jr. had an AMA on Reddit, um, and he was talking, and someone asked a question about the marketing for the judge. And he, he said it was because of test screenings, because people were responding more to the dramatic aspects of the film than the comedy. So we figured we try to shift the marketing that way. That and uh, you know every time I mention Iron Man four, people you know suddenly get interested in what this other movie is that I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he was going to make Iron Man four because that's all he could talk about. Oh no! As, a, as opposed to the Judge. I, I can't wait for next week and every week after where we hear nothing about Iron Man four because the Judge already opened in theaters. Just saying. Um, but that's the last. That's the last we'll hear of Iron Man four for a while. I, I assume after this movie has come out, and didn't do well. It did. It did okay. I did mean, okay. It's probably not. A, it's not. A, it's not an expensive movie, so it's like you know whatever. But oh, also, yeah. uh, last point. Uh, too much. Too much bathroom detail with Robert Duvall and Robert Downey. Do so you say that? I think that's the best scene in the movie. I think no. I think that they. Uh... <laughs> Just show too much of. I, I can agree to an extent that. that yeah, you see a lot of like, stuff that you, I get that it. you don't want to see. But right. No. At the, but the, I think that the the two the two guy when especially when the, the another person kind of also enters that scene, I think the yeah. way they play that scene, it's the it's the most human scene in the movie. It's the one that doesn't feel overly done in any and way. And don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure I, I know I've read and I kind of know like secondhand accounts of like chemo, right? So I get that part, but they just showed the floor like yeah, four they should, times yeah. and i was thinking i get it and this is kind of gross I, anyway. I i agree with you i think the, yeah. the follow-up to that initial part though i think it works really well for what that's like the best downey jr duvall scene that's not overly directed it was just them acting yeah <laughs> okay all right all right the judge um, each week we try to rate. So let's get to the rating of the movie, Michael. Each week we try to rate movies based on when should people go see the movie. So if you had to tell people when they should see the Judge, what would you say? I guess it depends. Uh, if you like courtroom dramas like this, go ahead and see it now, but just once. Or if you can wait, just go wait for it on rental. Abe. Yeah, I'm on DVD. Yeah, you can you can wait for this to hit TNT premiere. Uh, oh, cable TV! I'm pretty wow. low. Yeah, you can wait yeah. for years. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd watch on cable TV. That's the reason why I said DVD. <laughs> well, I'm saying, you know, if it, if it was like 
I think other things will be come up. It's like the, the <laughs> network yeah. television premiere of The Judge on TNT this Sunday. That's where I'd say you could watch this movie. It's like DVD on TV, they're telling you all these tidbits? Yeah. Sure. What, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, because then it'd be four hours, because that's what you need, right? <laughs> Alright, so let's move on now. Let's get to movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we go into some films that we might have thought of during or after the feature of the week. You know, if that said, Abe, what are your what are your callbacks? The way way back, young adult, uh Labor Day, and the Life and Times of Tony Stark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why Labor Day? Just because of the overly directed stuff? No, 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 just because of the feel of the small town and, like... Ah, gotcha. Uh, okay. It's like, they explored the small town a little bit more in Labor Day. Uh, Michael? Um, I'm just going to reduce it to one, um, and it's kind of recent, and it feels like appropriately fits. This is where I leave you. I mean, this is... Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. I have the same... I have a lot of the same issues with that movie, actually. <laughs> that's, this is where I... That's, both the title and everything. It just says, this is where I leave you. So, okay, fine. Thank you for leaving me here. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, my cousin Vinny, um, Law and Order, and Ally McBeal. So, there you go. Uh, which, Ally McBeal. Yeah. Which uh, co-starred Robert Downey Jr. at some points, actually. Uh, I think he won Emmys for that, too. He doesn't like it. He wasn't a fan of doing that work. Because but... <laughs> he knew he was above it. <laughs> like he said uh, that. He said I wasn't that a fan of winning awards. <laughs> He's above it. He's above the material. But because he's Robert Downey Jr., he's a great yeah. actor. He can, yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he can nail it pretty easily. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I just kidding. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Um, each week, actually, it seems to be. we got to find some sponsors. Um, but for now, audibletrial.com is a podcast. You can go there. You can find over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device of whatever kind. Uh, for the listeners, you can get a free audio book. If you go to audibletrial.com, so shout out podcast, um, download it for free. Um, I have less of a book and more just a category to recommend. John Grisham novels, they're all over the place on Audible. Agreed. You can get all of those, but you can get just one for free on audibletrial.com, so shout out podcast. You can download that or anything else you want. Uh, you can try out the service. If you don't like it, you can get rid of the service, but you get to keep that book for free. So there you go, audibletrial.com, so shout out podcast. I'm so disillusioned by the judge. I'm just talking faster. It's all I got. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for the tagline. Be a winner. Read. Or listen. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's get down to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Get back to the fun here. Uh, this is, of course, where we go over the various answers and questions that we received on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where we ask several questions first here, and you guys have a lot of responses, so I'm going to start this one off. Um, aside from Tony Stark, what Robert Downey Jr. Performance do, performances do you love? Uh, Michael, feel free to chip chime in if you want to as well. But here we go. Corey has, he was great in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I, I agree. Uh, Jason has, he was my favorite part in Tropic Thunder. Shelly has, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the first Sherlock Holmes. Danny has, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Tropic Thunder, Due Date, Sherlock Holmes, Chef, and Left in, Less Than Zero. Uh, Philip has, Kirk Lazarus stole the show, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Uh, Matthew has, I really liked his performance in Charlie Bartlett. Uh, Adam has, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Sherlock Holmes, Chaplin. Academy Award nominated, and Wonder Boys. Wonder Boys is a great movie. I really like that movie a lot, so I'm very happy someone said Wonder Boys. And Rebecca has Ali McBeal. Dot, dot, dot. She added the ellipse. Any favorite movies, Michael, or favorite roles? Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with some of them about, um, what was that? 
Sorry, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and uh, Zodiac. Actually, I didn't hear yeah. Zodiac on that list. Zodiac, yeah, great Zodiac. Zodiac and um, Chaplin. Chaplin's one of my favorites, and of course, of course, Weird Science. Yeah, there you go. Weird Science. Weird Science. Throwback. <laughs> Next question we ask is: uh, What are your favorite Robert Duvall roles? Joe Jans writes Mercy, uh, Max Mercy, a supporter of the Natural. Friend of the show, Susan has The Godfather. Susan, we miss you. Get back on the show. Um, Jason has Gone in 60 Seconds, The Sixth Day, True Grit, and Jack Reacher. The Sixth Day. Okay. <laughs> Philip has... What do you think The Sixth Day? <laughs> the Sixth I even forgot about that. He's, he's just, you know, acting Robert Duvall. <laughs> Philip has uh, Hub in Secondhand Lions and EF in The Apostle. Nice. The Apostle. That's a yeah. good poster. I haven't seen the movie. It is a good poster, but yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. Uh, Matthew writes THX one one three three or three eight. Yeah, there you go. Uh, friend of the show, the voice Jim Dietz has Tender Mercies. Yeah. Uh, Michael Vaughn has Boo and To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> Scott, Scott writes uh, Network, Gods and Generals, and The Godfather Two. See, he's my guy. Like, he's my, my, my guy. He's Tom Hagen. He's my guy in The Godfather. Like, that's... Agree that he's Tom Hagen. Yeah. Adam writes, uh, The Godfather, Apocalypse Snow, The Apostle, and Assassination Tango. That's a cool little movie. I remember that movie. I haven't seen that in a, probably, I guess, I think it was like 2002 or one. Assassination. I, I remember that movie coming out. I didn't watch it, though. That's a, that's a cool little movie. I like that one. I'm looking up a second. Like, when did that come out? That's like 2002. Okay, yeah. He has a mustache in that movie. <laughs> but he's, he's like old man, so he's old man mustache. Which is kind of oh, okay. Uh, favorite courtroom-based films? Uh, Lane has Does 12 Angry Men Count? Yes. Um, Philip has A Time to Kill. Jason has A Few Good Men. Kara has Primal Fear. And oddly enough, I like Emily Rose for the courtroom scenes. Uh, Matthew has Most of his most of the movie isn't in a courtroom, but the first thing that popped in my head was the courtroom scene in the Kane Mutiny. All right. Scott Mendelson has, it's not my favorite, but My Cousin Vinny is routinely cited by lawyers and law professors as the go-to show for would-be law students since it's so succinctly and accurately, unlike the judge, captures the nuts and bolts of basic criminal law procedure. Shelley has a counter. My law school didn't recommend My Cousin Vinny, nor have I seen it since, so I can't comment on it, but my school did recommend a civil action. That's a good movie with John Travolta, civil action. Uh, still, my favorite is probably A Few Good Men. Class Action is another good one. So is A Time to Kill. If you want to talk about jury nullification, jury not applying to the law. Thank is, you, Is Shelley. Civil Action the one where the leather industry and John Travolta has to go and figure out why the townspeople are getting sick? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good movie. He was uh, not a big-time lawyer, but then he, like, loses it all. So. Yeah, he, it's, it's yeah also, he did it's lose a, it all. It's a much better... That's a good callback, actually. I'd see yeah. that. Don't see the judge. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> a civil action. Yeah. Because that movie, he has to sell his house because he really in this case. I, William H. Macy is in that movie, too. And he that's has, like, right. My favorite, like, oh my one, of my favorite, one of my favorite, like, William H. Macy lines ever is, like, towards the beginning of that movie... I'll have to I'll have to edit this when I do it. But he like he's sitting like some guy's kinda like making noise and he's sitting behind him, he's like, Hey, would you uh you do me a favor and shut the fuck up? Like it's just the funniest <laughs> thing he's ever said in a movie to me. <laughs> um Mark Hoban has Philadelphia, Anatomy of a Murder, and Witness for the Prosecution. Uh, and then William Hale has Twelve Angry Men. I think it is more important to understand the role of the jury. A lot of good answers there for that. that yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd I'd throw in social network there too. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's not like a courtroom, it's, but yeah, I, but I, but, but it is a, it is about. But there's you know, court elements. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of law elements, and oh, yeah, everything sure. that Aaron Sorkin does, I, I, I like. So anyway, uh, now we move into some questions. So questions you guys asked us, and we'll answer it here. Philip asks, 
Has an A-lister ever had a creepier role than Duvall's Boo Radley? Yeah, because of the immediately came to mind, Anthony Hopkins. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's Hannibal Lecter. Like, that's easily the creepy, creepy A-list actor role. Other Talking ones, about well-directed, too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Other, other ones, um, I feel like Ray Fiennes has been very creepy in a lot of things. Um, Jack Nicholson's been creepy in The Shining. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, Gene Wilder uh, as Willy Wonka. That's always creepy. <laughs> A-lister is a creepy guy. A-lister is creepier than Boo Radley. Like, is he, Boo Radley even that creepy? And no, Boo Radley is actually a good guy. Yeah, like he, you know, he, he's, he's, he's actually just like watching out for the kids. He's, he's there's very just pale. stories about him. He's very pale. Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. pale. He's like old man Marley in Home Alone. Like, just, there's stories about him, oh, but he's yeah. actually a, a decent dude. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Next question we have is uh, this is from Matthew. What's a movie that keeps you keeps that you keep going back and discovering new things on each repeat viewing. That's a fun question. That's a fun question. I actually a 2001: A Space Odyssey is a movie that I, I tend to find new things every time I watch it because uh, Kubrick is so meticulous in his craft that I, and I've imagined a lot of Kubrick movies I could probably find a lot more things every time I watch it too. Yeah. That, but 2001 is the one that immediately came to mind. I'd say there's a lot of animated movies. I was just going to say that. Yeah, a lot of animated movies come to mind. Because they have so well, much, especially like the Pixar stuff. Oh yeah, because they, they, oh, yeah. they always they, load in all these things that these that people show in websites much later. Yeah, it's like, like oh, I didn't I didn't realize that the the truck is in all the movies. The, oh yeah, the the, the um, space pizza planet or yeah pizza planet pizza planet pizza planet yeah, yeah the like, pizza you just, planet. You, just truck. Have to, you remember it by just thinking of Andy's reaction when his mom says we're going to pizza planet because it's like pizza planet. <laughs> Uh, Wally was one specifically that came to mind too, as far as Pixar movies go. There's, that movie's loaded. There's just mm. so many things. Uh, yeah, Disney movies too. Actually, just that's aside from the Pixar things itself, you uh-huh. hear like all these cameos and actually some of the directors actually getting into the whole voice uh, cameos too. Directors. Mm. Yeah, uh, like the director of Big Hero Six. He was uh, he was the spa guy, uh, the spa guy in uh, Frozen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're on the show, Mark Hoban asks us, Oscar Talk, can the Grand Budapest Hotel score Best Picture nomination? I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Uh, But at the same time, if it has a good campaign, then it can, I think. But I I feel like it's more than likely could get a screenplay perhaps in like production design maybe but is it one of my favorite movies of the year yes it, are there going to be a lot of movies that come out during the you know oscar season run-up yes and that's kind of an unfortunate thing because i think a few movies might get overlooked i'm pretty sure boy has been get nominated huh? it came out like in march right it came out in march and so, like, think of it this yeah. way Moon, moonrise kingdom came out in the summer of la- of two years ago two years ago two years ago, uh, two two years ago. ago. and um I mean that movie. It only it is still only scored like a screenplay nomination. I mean, it, it, Grand Budapest is so far back, and while it might still be on like a lot of top ten lists at the end of the year, and will certainly you know have some buzz. I just I don't know. I think I don't know if it's. It depends what Fox Searchlight wants to do with the with the Oscar campaign, but the, yeah. and like what else they have because like Birdman's like probably going to be one of their big things in terms of Birdman, kind of what to champion as far as like Oscar films go. But it's not like they can't champion other films. But yeah, that movie is. It came out so early in the year, like I think around the same time as the Oscars of last year happened. So it's like hard to really say if Grand Budapest Hotel can get that high. It did get a lot more box office buzz than Wes Anderson's other films. But oh yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. highest grossing uh, next to it, yeah, it surpassed uh, Royal Tenenbaum. So yeah, it's, it's done it done well. But it, but again, it just came out so early. 
And yeah. that's kind of yeah. where we're at. And there's a lot that's of movies. That's a callback, too, for the judge. As you said, though, you know, there's all these other films coming out exactly. right now. Yeah. So. And so many, and, you know, presumably good films, a lot of movies that I've seen just in the past few weeks that are like, yeah. that are guaranteed that we'll get you know, some love. Um, good question, though, Mark. Uh, Mike has, what, where the hell is the Green Inferno movie? This is the, the uh, Eli Roth horror film, um, because he was expecting it to come out at some point. Um, the problem is that the studio that was going to distribute it um, has a lot of issues, a lot of bankrupt issues, a lot of bankruptcy. There's a lot of things going on, and that movie is just sitting in limbo now, and it does has no real intended release date at this very time. It could be up to next year. It could be longer. It could be never. <laughs> it's something... Very crazy that's happened as far as that movie's going. It could be the next Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, could be. Could be, yeah. We just need like a lone billionaire to buy the rights of it and then distribute it. I mean, I I would like to see a new Eli Roth movie. I haven't seen one of those in a while. but um, (laughs) One where he's directed. One where he's directed, yeah. He's certainly been involved in plenty of things. He's produced a lot of stuff. Producer and acting. I know um, this is only for L.A. people, but the new Beverly, which Quentin Tarantino, he already owned, but now he's kind of programming... Um, at on Halloween, they're doing an Eli Roth marathon where it's like all of his movies plus some movies that he like some gory Italian movies because he's huge on that. And like presumably, it could be a surprise screening of Green Inferno if they get the rights of it, but that's not guaranteed yet. But so that would <laughs> so, make Mike, sense. so Mike, if you want to travel to L.A., get a ticket for the 31st uh, New Beverly screening and uh, maybe maybe see that movie, then you'll find it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Scott asks us. I want a viewer's guide on how to judge a movie by its trailer with specific examples. Tough uh, to say. I don't know. I saw the Judge trailer, and I got exactly what I expected out of that, a bad movie. Um, yeah, it, well, I mean, I, I say tough to say because sometimes they cut a trailer specifically to screw with you, and they also sometimes use... You guys have mentioned this, which I didn't really catch on to, but a lot of Christopher Nolan films, they kind of just show early scenes, and they oh, don't yeah, actually show anything else. So it, yeah. it kind of hints at what the movie's going to feel like, but not what the entire movie is going to be. Well, the thing, so. the thing with movies by Christopher Nolan and, like, J.J. Abrams, obviously, David Fincher, like, a lot of these kind of directors, they have control over the, mar- over, over the trailers. They, like, they get a lot of, cre- they get to put a lot of creative input into what they want to show. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, they, which is why I think you don't need to in- avoid interstellar trailers, eh? Because they know what they're doing. Like, they're, still going to do it. Like, gonna, like, yeah. You're not going to be ruined by anything because the tra- they know exactly how to, how to sell these movies without spoiling anything for you. So you can just see how beautiful these trailers are and be more excited about this movie without ruining anything for yourself. Yeah. That said, if you like those directors, you're probably going to like those movies. Like, it's yeah. rare that you're really dis- I, I feel like it's probably rare that you're, like, super disappointed by any of these movies. Some people, I would say, some people yeah. want to knock like Dark Knight Rises, for example. But I mean, it's not like you weren't going to see that movie. It's not like you didn't appreciate that movie for what it was. I guess I'm I glad saying. I didn't see the trailers though, because otherwise I wouldn't know there was a bat copter in there. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, those those trailers depend on those trailer moments. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. See, and, and yeah, I, so yeah, yeah, there are movies that that have special effect sequences that sometimes even feel more geared towards having a movie to sell at a trailer versus actually being necessary in a movie, which you can sometimes tell because they're like small, they're generally like smaller movies that have like randomly like, here's a giant explosion or something. It's like, that's in all the trailers. Did it matter in the movie? Yeah. Not necessarily, but it's still, not. but it got people to come to the theater. Exactly. Yeah, that kind of thing. And yeah, also, but... just to kind of directly answer that, if you find elements of the trailer that you enjoy, Scott, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy the movie. Like things like, the, if you listen to like the music that they're playing or the score that they're using, 
or the uh, this kind of shot sequences in terms of the cinematography and whatever else. I'm pretty sure that if you pay attention to those things, um, you know, you'll like the, the movie. You say I mean, that. I mean, something like Prometheus, which I liked, um, <laughs> but like I know a lot of people were disappointed because the trailer really sold a great sci-fi film that will be as good as Alien, which is yeah. a re- so which is the, a crazy unrealistic expectation for any movie. But like, yeah, but I mean, on the did... flip side, sometimes the directors of trailers have no input from the directors of the actual movie. Because sometimes they actually just have some guy just cut a bunch of scenes and make a, a trailer. So you know you do have to be careful. But again, I I'd say generally, if you if you kind of like the the trailer and you kind of like the people behind the movie, then you should be okay. Well, then you get something like message, or you get like Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man Two, where again, a movie. Amazing like, Spider-Man Two, okay. As I said Amazing Spider-Man yeah. Two, where add, add like, a reference out. Where you where that where they had a cut of that movie that they handed over to a person that could cut a trailer, but a lot of the scenes in that movie ended up not being in the movie. So you get things like you you get uh, isn't that the question of the day? And that's not in the movie. Right. You get, a lot, you get things like that that give you an expectation of a certain kind of plot thread, and that plot thread doesn't even exist anymore. Right. It's like it's just it's tricky though because the last thing I'll say is uh, sometimes, and Aaron, you you've mentioned this more than I have, but sometimes you'll get something in a trailer, and because it doesn't happen, you know that it's like the last thing in the trailer or in the movie, which yeah, kind of yeah, because you kind of wait, yeah, yeah. My, you're my, my best for... example of that is uh, Departed, where you see yes, yeah, yeah, Mark Wahlberg, you Mark you have Mark Wahlberg holding a gun doing something, and you don't see that movie, you don't see it's not in there at all until the last two minutes of the movie, and you're like oh. Okay. So you right. kind of, like, and I wouldn't even say I was spoiled by this, except for the fact that I saw the Departed trailer like 14 times during the summer that that movie was coming out. But you kind of get an ingrained impression of something that that has to happen at some point. I can't say that I was like waiting for a scene with Mark Wahlberg to hold a gun, but at the same time, when it happened, is like, oh yeah, that's supposed to happen. And so I guess it kind of sways you a certain way in your perception, I guess. But yeah, again, like, going back to the whole Spider-Man thing, I guess uh, the whole. The way the way the rhino uh, ended, you kept on. Yep, I mean, they, yeah, they, expecting, oh no, there's gonna be this big clash, and they're like, oh, that's it. And see, yeah, actually, it's the kind of yeah, that's the kind of thing where again, because I like Amazing Spider-Man too, but where you, you, the move, you're showing the the exact last scene of the movie in the trailer. It's like that marketing was a mess for that movie. It didn't know how to sell it for some reason, but whatever. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to oh, we have actually we have some uh, oh. What's Aaron, hey, I believe that it's time for some uh, some games. Oh, the games I've been hearing about. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you this week. Thank you. <laughs> I thought we were going to go with, like, you, know, you play a song and you'll be like, the judge. Abe, we can't just... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it in what I want to throw it in. Oh, all this right, this okay, is the okay. improv theme for games, after all. And with that said, I do have a game this week, Abe. Woo-hoo. It is called I Object. Okay. These right. are movies that are based in a courtroom in some way. And basically, I have an IMDb description of said movies, and you just have to guess what that movie is. And okay. so, Michael, this is how we play it. You have to buzz in with your name, so you have to be like, Michael, and then say the answer after I read the question. All the right. Description. Okay. okay. So here we go. I'm gonna. I'm just going to read out a description. If you have it at any point, so you, can, don't, you can interrupt me. Uh, okay. Just yell it out. Yell out your name and then yell out the answer if you think you know it. So here we go. Gotcha. Some of these might blend together, which is done on purpose because they might be mm. so easy. <laughs> but we'll see. Okay. A lawyer in the Depression era self defends a black man against a. Hey. Yep. Damn it. To kill a mockingbird. To kill a mockingbird is the correct <laughs> answer. You're on the board. <laughs> That's the easiest one here. <laughs> Just All right. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. 
An exceptionally adept Florida lawyer is offered a job to work in New York City for a high-end law firm with a high-end boss, the biggest opportunity of his career to date. But who is his boss? Mm. Mm. Florida, New York. Mm-hmm. I'll say it's a 90s movie. 90s movie. Florida, New York. I'll say the boss is a big deal. <laughs> the boss big is a big deal. deal. I feel like you're throwing out clues that we should already have the answer for. Yeah. It's a little it's a little vague given what the movie is. Uh, Florida lawyer. I'm going to say hoo uh, Abe? Yeah. Um, shoot. It's all Johnny Depp and, and Robert, or, and Al Pacino. The, the, the Devil's Apprentice? In, I'm gonna say Devil's Advocate. Yeah, Devil's Advocate's correct. And that's, ah. and it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, Keanu Reeves. Okay. Donnie Brasco's Johnny Depp. Donnie, yeah. Here's uh, the next the, one. Okay. This one might be quick. Neo-military lawyer Caffey defends Marines accused of murder. They can, Abe. Yep. A few good men. A few good men is the yep. Yes. Here's the next one. A lawyer takes on a negligent homicide case involving a priest who performed an exorcism on a young girl. There was there was a law aspect of that movie? I, I don't know which movie, but... Um, can you repeat the clue? A lawyer takes on a negligent homicide case involving a priest who performed an exorcism on a young girl. Really? I'm going to say Abe, exorcist, or the, the Exorcist Part 3. Incorrect. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> Okay, the answer is The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is ah. in our feedback section as one of the favorite court-based films. <laughs> Good I job, saw guys. that, and I was like, Emily Rose? Wait, are they talking about the horror movie? Yeah, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is heavily based in a courtroom. I never saw it. Apparently. Yeah, I never <laughs> saw it, either, so... He's very clear to me now. <laughs> the majority of that movie takes place in a courtroom. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's not a spinning head thing. Okay. The next one. A young lawyer joins a prestigious law firm only to discover that it has a sinister dark side. Uh, hmm. A young um, lawyer joins a prestigious law firm only to discover that it has a sinister dark side. I'm now realizing I need to watch more courtroom drama movies. <laughs> I'll say this is a 90s movie. I'll say it stars one of the people that starred in another one of these movies that we already mentioned. Mm, Back when courtroom mm, dramas were big. I'm also going to say John Grisham. Uh, Abe. Yeah. The Firm. The Firm is the correct answer. Yeah. Is that with, um... Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Here's the next one. Two New Yorkers are accused of murder in rural Alabama while on their way back to college, and one of their cousins, an inexperienced loudmouth lawyer not accustomed to Southern rules and manners, comes to defend them. I wanted to hear the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. Is yeah. answer. <laughs> My cousin Vinny is great, by the way. I That is a movie I will watch any time it is on, ever. <laughs> Two utes. Um... An altar boy is accused of murdering a priest, and the truth buried several layers. Oh. The truth is buried several layers deep. I feel as though Michael knows this one. Oh, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know who stars in it and everything mm-hmm. else. So, altar boys. Yes. An altar boy is accused of murdering a priest, and the truth is buried several layers deep. Uh, uh that I, one movie. That one movie. <laughs> uh, with Susan Sarandon. Nope. No. Okay. Michael, to name the star. Uh, Richard Gere and Edward Norton, I That's, think? Yeah. Richard yeah. Gere and Edward Norton? Yeah. I'm going to give it to Michael, because he can't okay. think of primal fear. But, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. A defense attorney has a crisis of conscience when he represents a wealthy client who has a foolproof plan to beat the system. This lawyer also resides in a certain type of transportation. <laughs> this lawyer resides in a certain type of transportation. Hmm. Based on a series of books. Abe, the boxer of children. The what? 
Boxcar children. Boxcar children? That's probably not it. No. I'm waiting for that movie to come out. What's the Boxcar children? It's this book series where they go around solving mysteries with their grandfather. Is it going to be a movie? No, probably never. Yeah. You're going to say the Hardy Boys since we're sticking to that genre of movies. I'm going to say the Lincoln Lawyer because you guys have no idea. What Lincoln Lawyer. Ah. Here's the next one. After a prank goes disastrously wrong, a group of boys are sent to a detention center where they are brutalized. Over ten years later, they get their chance for revenge. Wow, that sounds like a really good movie. There's an animated film about, oh, the, about the boxcar children, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> boys, ten years later, revenge. Um, hmm. I'm going to start naming names in the cast. It's yes, the okay. Uh, yeah. Jason Patrick, Brad Pitt, Rob De Niro. Justin Hoffman, Kevin Bacon. It's a lot of big names. Yeah, the, this huge list of names. I, I wonder where they... 90s movie. Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro. Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro. It's a Barry Levinson film. Mm. Time is up. It is sleep. Sleepers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I gotta use that more. Okay, here we go. A just-divorced man must learn to care for his own son and then must fight in the court to keep custody of him. Abe, yeah. liar, liar. Nope. Okay. What In what scene in Liar, Liar does he fight in the court to keep custody of his son? He's like, Max, I love you. Okay, so you failed that one. <laughs> I was going to say Liar, Liar 2, actually. Oh, you guys. <laughs> well, the film is Kramer versus Kramer. I'm close to winning this game, by the way, guys. I mean, Liar, Liar is kind of alliterative, like Kramer versus Kramer. Good job, Abe. Yeah. Next one. An idealistic young lawyer and his cynical partner take on a powerful law firm representing a corrupt insurance company. 90s were big in courtroom dramas, by the way. Seriously. Guys. I was going to say, like, wow. Uh... Movie. Abe. Yeah? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Nope. Oh. I'm going to say this. Think about Looper. Looper. Yikes. Wow. Looper, huh? Yeah. Well, you're, you're referencing Bruce Willis? Think of some character names in Looper. Re- reference Abe again. <laughs> reference. Uh, Abe. Yeah. The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker is the correct answer. Uh... <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. There's a movie called The Rainmaker, right? Is that the one with Chris O'Donnell? No, it's uh, Matt Damon and Matt... Danny DeVito. Uh, Chris O'Donnell's The Chamber. Uh, um, let's see. Number another two. John Grisham movie, right? Yeah, it is, and it's not or good. Book. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Here's the last one. The families of children who died sued two companies for dumping toxic waste, a tort so expensive to prove the case would bankrupt, could bankrupt their lawyer. Abe. Yep. Michael Clayton? Nope. Mm. Michael, a civil action. A civil action is the correct uh, answer. Uh, There's not even a courtroom scene in Michael Clayton. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. But he's the guy that you call. That you don't kill him. That movie's amazing. That movie is really good. Tony Why can we talk about that? And his brother, Dan Gilroy, also did a great movie. We'll get to that in later weeks, though. Um, okay, let's see. Let me add this up. I think Aaron won this beep, game. Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Well, I was close to winning, but Abe, you won. You won by yes. one point. <laughs> yes, thank you. And you managed to pull this one off. And because Michael did put in a valiant effort, he does get to come back to the show at some right. point. Right. All right, that sounds great. There you go. <laughs> That's my prize. Yep. Here we go. Here's the next thing. Out now presents what's out now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. And we got a host of things here. Uh, X-Men Dof, Days of Future Past. Uh, yeah, go see it. I guess it's fun. It's fine. 
Yeah, I guess we'll see it. I'll I'll wait until the special edition comes out with a uh, actual rogue uh, scenes in it. Yeah, I need those pivotal Anna Paquin scenes back in the movie. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that'll make it better. <laughs> uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I totally forgot that that movie existed. Like what you said last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh yeah, other. that movie did come out. It's quite a movie. Another great DreamWorks picture. Is it good? It's, no. No. Uh, it's it's. I think it's fine. Okay. All right. I, Scott Mendelson hated it. Scott Mendelson hated it. I know that. Wow. Um, let's see. Fargo season one comes out this week. That's it's great. It's great. Oh yes, my god. Watch great. that show. It's so good. Watch Billy Bob Thornton be amazing in that show. Isn't that a show? It's in him and Martin Freeman. Both. Yeah. Freeman. Yeah, 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 my boy. The uh, this new discovery, Allison Tolman plays the female character in that. The female officer in that show. She's great. Like it's it's a great show. Oh my god. Uh, Penny Dreadful season one. I didn't watch this show. I heard good things about I it. I heard good things about it too. Yeah, I mean that's one. Is Josh that Hartnett. Ava Green in that show? Yeah, Ava Green yeah, yeah. and Josh yeah, Hartnett yeah, and a yeah, bunch of people. It's on Showtime. It's on Showtime, yeah. yeah. Um, and lastly, just because I wanted to point this out, Kingpin makes its debut on Blu-ray. Really? Kingpin's a great movie. That is a good movie. People should go see it. Yeah. I, like people like Dumb and Dumber, but I like Kingpin. And there's something about me. those are my Fairly Brother movies. Kingpin. Yeah. So I mean, good. like that was like during a time in which uh, Woody Harrelson wasn't really doing too many movies. And then he did this one, and people thought he was great in it. He's great. I was like, he is good in it. And then, yeah. yeah. Also, Randy Quaid. Also great. <laughs> yes, very good. That, yeah. I just that the the way that plot plays out. I, Billy Murray is amazing in that movie too. By the way, <laughs> um, his hair. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, let's move. Let's get back from our Kingpin retrospective. Let's move on. Um, next week on the show, Fury. We're talking about Fury with Brad Pitt, the Beef himself. Uh, Michael Pena, <laughs> the beef, the beef, uh, uh, Logan, Logan Lerman. Lerman, and John Bernthal. Yeah. Basically, it's Pena, uh, Pitt, and Perks. That's what we got for Fury next week. So it's going to be Pena, Pitt, and Perks. I like that. Pena, yeah. Pitt, and Perks. P. Yeah, trip, tri- triple P, trip yeah. P's, trip P. I got to got to get an A, so we'll have a trip A podcast and do that. Trip A, for trip P's. Yeah. But yeah. So that's next week. We'll talk about Fury and all the tank business that's going on with that. And um, for now, last thing here uh, before we wrap up, Michael, we ask this to every week at the end of the podcast. What should people go and see in theaters right now? Like, what what's the movie people should go and see? Whiplash. Yep. Oh, is that well? That's like super limited, right? It's in a few theaters this week, and it's spread. Few, it expands in, next week. Yeah, if you're in those cities right now, go check it out and uh, just be patient. This yeah, it open Friday, I think. Why? Abe, I'm gonna say Gone Girl. I'm also gonna say Gone Girl. So there you go. Great. There you go. Not the judge. I think that's another one that I can say. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's why we didn't say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, so let's let's get let's that's gonna that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this week's episode about now, Theron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com/slash/aaron's_ps4. Abe. You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com/slash/walrusmoose hashtag. Ghost in the Shell? Okay. <laughs> Michael, where can people find you? All right, you can find my work at movieviral.com or geeksofdoom.com, and you can find me on Twitter on, well, I guess I have to spell it out, but E-E-L-Y-A-J-E-K-I-M. It's basically your, your name backwards. <laughs> it's my nickname backwards, yes. That's so. Um, and yeah, you can find all the other episodes about Now Theron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwld.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other fun shows about comics and TV and stuff, fun stuff like that. The Walking Dead TV podcast is coming back pretty soon on there, as well as uh, this new show, 
that I uh, guested on recently, DC TV, which is a podcast all about the various DC uh, comic properties that are on now TV shows. So all that and more you can find at hhwld.com. All that and more. Listen to us over at com as well as soundcloud.com slash podcast. Feel free to email us. I mentioned a contest earlier, but you also let us know your thoughts on The Judge or Gone Girl or other such movies that have come out recently at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or just Rants and Raves. We love those as well. Yeah, Rants and Raves. Yeah. yeah. You can also interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And feel free to follow our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. And lastly, feel free to use our voicemail line, 972-798-3830. That is, you can put more Rants and Raves there as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, so, Michael, thank you so much for thank joining you, us Thank you, Michael. Today. Thank you for letting me be on this show. For sure. Always fun to have new guests, and always fun to have guests that don't suck. So you're in that category. <laughs> there you right. Go. <laughs> uh, not like that, that Adam Gendry character. That guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> we joke. We love Adam. Uh, but yeah, uh, next week we're going to talk about Fury. That should be some good tank fun. But for now, that's going to do it for this week's episode about now with Aaron and Abe. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. The moon will kick Get on him for doing a voice. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Korra's uncle in Legend of Korra. Great. Uh, I haven't seen season two yet. You gotta get on that. I should. You gotta get on season two just to see season three, because season three is like the best season of like any form of Avatar. I was sad when they said, the, this is a, this is a, obviously a digression, but yep. uh, <laughs> I was sad when they weren't going to do four books, but then they're doing four books, right? No, yeah, yeah, no, they were, they were, they're not airing them on TV anymore. That's the problem. Oh they, yeah, but I mean, they, they were going to stop at like, Two books. So they're going to, well... Or three books. We can keep going in this. We'll see how much of this stays in the show. They did the first book. They did Air for Legend of Korra. That became super popular. So they're like, yeah, we can do more. So they're going to do they're gonna do at least three. Uh, okay. The so other they, elements. They, yeah. So they did, they're not even the elements. They're different titles. Or, uh, yeah. Because, like, the first season of... Or Legend of Avatar, Last Airbender, that had, like, the seasons in it. But so they had the first season, which was a success. So they got the chance to do three more, if not more. They did the second season. They did the third season which was getting terrible ratings because it's on, like, Fridays at 7 or something like that on Nickelodeon. And I so, mean, yeah, what are those 12-year-olds doing? They're going to go to, like, dance parties. And so they, the last, like, four or five or six episodes of the third season was online only. There was no more television broadcast. And with that, the fourth season came, like, it started uh, at the beginning of October, which was not, like, it would generally be, you know, like, six or seven months later, as, you know, any show would be. But instead, they're just like, we're just going to burn them all off now online. So that's so yeah, it is ending with this current season that's on. Yeah. Now. Well, there you go. That was our that was our that was our core callback. Avatar, right there. yeah, engine. <laughs> we'll see. You can put that put that at the end. <laughs> Watch the show. Put the, put that at the end of the episode. Put it after the blooper. <laughs> am, I, am I editing this week? Yeah, you are.
No, you're not. I am. (laughs) This is why I'm not saying anything, because I don't watch the show. Okay. Ah, okay. Don't worry. You and I can edit this week. I'm just actually downstairs from your place, too. It's an an easy week for me this week, so it's good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you got to show this part where they're they're walking opposite ways. Oh, boy. That's that's a highlight scene right there. Yeah. You know why? Symbolism. (laughs) (laughs) As if you didn't get enough of it in the first 45 minutes. No, there's a there's another two hours to make sure you do. <laughs> By the way, David Crumholtz is like huge now. When did he become the Hulk? Uh, he's actually been preparing for that role. He's he's gonna be the CG Hulk. He's gonna, he's gonna use his body. He's so he's like super big. He did get pretty large. He's like he's, look, like, he's look. geared up for Santa Claus vibe. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be the next. He's, he's, gonna, he's gonna kill Tim Allen. Bernard is the Bernard. Santa Claus. It's a coup. Oh, Tim Allen comes back. He's like Bernard. Looks like you're all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the one with the curse, but you just keep eating. <laughs> find the picture of him and the judge and like tweet that out. it's like how's david crumble preparing for the new santa claus movie <laughs> the judge hashtag bernard <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. okay all right oh boy <laughs>